Oh, hello there. I'm Melinda Catherine Gross. And I'm Michael Nixon. And we like to talk about murder. Well, you like to talk about murder, fictional murder, a <laughs> lot, uh, whether anybody wants you to or not. That's right. And Michael doesn't talk about murder nearly enough. So I would like to invite you all to join us as we explore the material of our favorite monster. Hannibal Lecter. Yes. Each week we will be discussing and dissecting the film and TV appearances of Thomas Harris's infamous serial killer, Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Mostly, I'm going to try to get Michael to eat people. I won't. You will. I might, but there's only one way to find out. Tune in to Having a Friend for Dinner, available on DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, bon appetit. Ooh. Dueling Genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we review and reanimate the Zom rom com Shaun of the Dead one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli, and joining us for having a friend for dinner, mm. uh, we have um, Yum. Michael and Melinda. Welcome. Oh, thank you guys for having us. This is real fun. Hello. We'll try to be good dinner guests. Indeed, we will try to be yeah. good dinner guests, but you know, there's only so much we can promise in anyone's life. Absolutely. Well, and uh, today we are taking a bite out of minute seventy-four, which starts with uh, <laughs> well, it starts with Liz spraying uh, the. We've now decided not a zombie, still human, uh, John. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. With a fire extinguisher, and then ends with uh, Sean doing a good old-fashioned fucking Sam Raimi load-up. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just- yeah. Yeah. Really wonderful. Class. It's so funny that that load up at the end is uh, is so earned at this point because like they've been doing it for really mundane things the whole movie. And then we finally get like a gear up montage that's like actually a gear up montage with like a rifle and stuff. It's yeah. Kinda, oh, yeah. It's kind of cool. I've never seen it earned like that before. It syncs up. It's like finally, it's like when you watch something over and over and you're like waiting for it to kind of like finally sync up mm. and it syncs up with the action and everything feels in place. It just clicks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great minute. Yeah we, yeah. we were talking before we started recording. We really lucked out on yeah. a, so a very cool minute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the death of this poor old man, oh, yeah. uh, John. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just the brutal. Never murder. feel bad for almost zombies. They're almost <laughs> zombies. <laughs> and also, we get some cool it's diegetic cool. music stuff out of it, which oh, is great. always my mm-hmm. favorite. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that stuff. Absolutely. It's the differentiation between like an Edgar Wright piece and a Sam Raimi piece, because like Sam Raimi really knows how to take sound design and really do that like. Kind of like stuff to it, whereas Edgar Wright really puts a music video to mm. it, and it's like what he's been known mm-hmm. for now with that style. It's oh yeah, great. he's sort of uh, 
like a like a co- like if Sam Raimi directed a musical, like that's what oh, that's what Edgar Wright movies are. Me. You know, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I want that. Army of Darkness musical. Oh my fun. god, Army of Darkness the musical. They've actually made an Army of Darkness the musical. It's true. But yeah, it plays in yeah. Vegas. I want to say, which is insane to think about. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, they have a splash zone. Oh my god, um, yes, yes, I want that. Yeah. Deal. Oh my god. Yeah. We had a we had kind of a thing in theater school that like the cool girls in musical theater picked from the Evil Dead musical score for their like uh, performances. Better than Repo. Oh my god, yeah. Well, and that's really funny. Well, a lot of things are better. Like I was a cool theater girl way back in the fucking day. We're not going to say how long ago because I'm sensitive about that. But like, Five I would have never ago. picked that. I'm so glad that like that's a real thing now. Like, because like, oh, yeah, I, 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 I think a lot. Sometimes I just when I get really wistful, I just imagine like theater kids that have Hamilton now because like I graduated (laughs) right before that hit and I'm just like, I would have. I might not even like it. Oh, no. It might have infected my enjoyment of Here's it. the thing. There's always been one because, like, when I graduated, it was yes, Wicked. Yeah. And, like, they literally mm-hmm. told you if you were, like, auditioning for college programs, they were like, if you sing Wicked, they're not going to let you into any programs because they're all sick of it. And, like... Yeah, and then if you go, like, the generation before that, I'm sure it was, like, Lee Mills. Yeah, and or, Phantom or, and all the Andrew Lloyd Webber pieces. Or Jason Robert Brown. If you did, like, one oh, more, like, yeah. last five years song, they were going to punch you in the throat. Like, that oh, yeah. was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every girl that I know had, like... Like a last five years night. Exactly. Oh. Like tonight yeah. it's me. Tonight I'm gonna yeah. do it. And Maybe I'll play the piano with it this time. Yeah. No, but it, it's all in the same kind of universe. I think you know this kind mm-hmm. of camp. You know the, the the reason that horror fans get so much personal. Like you know you you really love Sam Raimi the way that you you know you think of him like an uncle if you're like a big horror geek. You know, and and mm-hmm. I think it's because they do kind of understand the inherent camp and colorful nature of of movies like that well and i think it Mm -hmm. depends on where you come from with sam raimi because i came up with sam raimi not necessarily from a horror background which is crazy uh because i'm a big horror kid but i grew up with sam raimi doing xena and so that's a completely different way of looking at the action which is what i love to see actually even in this minute is that you know, like Sam Raimi for the longest time has not necessarily been the gun guy. He's always taken his pieces and done more stuff with just the physicality of it, which you see in this minute because England very famously doesn't necessarily use guns all the time in their pieces. And especially for a zombie film, that's so much of a departure. And so to see, you know, like, again, like that Sam Raimi style come back in the hand-to-hand fighting and what can we do with literally physical throwing with like what you would see with the chakras and stuff like that, except we get it with the darts this time. It's rad and weird mm-hmm. and different. Like, it's so different than mm-hmm. American filmmaking, which yeah, I Yeah, right, really takes our thing and which the Xena thing's actually all shot in New Zealand, which is weirder. I but, know, it's great. Uh, uh, <laughs> right, really takes that and British it Who doesn't love up. a good Xena warrior princess, though? Come on. Honestly, it's we're right. all here. It's it's fine. It's, it's good stuff. Friends about it. <laughs> Zena minute. Come. I remember. I remember being a kid and renting the cartoon animated film where they team up Hercules and Xena like a couple times. Yes. Oh my god! Well, if you ever get a chance to treat yourself, boy, do I recommend Hercules: The Legendary Journeys when Xena first popped in because oh, it was yeah. a spinoff show. Mm-hmm. It's great. And so, right. like, ah, oh, and again, what a spinoff show it was. The Xena I, I recommend <laughs> is the rock opera musical one. 
Okay, the rock opera musical one. See, I always so recommend good. clicking it around like season four when like the weird Catholicism was coming in. And, is that like, when they just Carl Urban is Julius Caesar? Uh, Carl Urban is not only Julius Caesar, he is also Cupid. Yes, it's amazing. It is they the die him. Oh, <laughs> the most blood. It's him. filthy. It's the it's filthiest great. thing you've ever seen oh, on television. The, oh. But then he was Aomer and it's fine. So, oh, his Caesar haircut <laughs> is a predictably bad Caesar haircut. Oh, Welcome God. back to Xena wow. Minute. Uh, <laughs> now that we've removed ourselves, my bad. We'll just talk minute after minute about Xena. Well, let's talk about uh, our own uh, warrior princess here, uh, Diane. Yes. Uh, who yes. We, we, we've talked about her a lot and her uh, propensity to want to help, but not uh, having the, pulling it having off 100%. To. She's giving it a, yeah. a, good, uh, you know, a good old British try. Yeah. We gotta, yeah a good old English try. Yes. <laughs> English, yeah, yeah. She's trying. She's really putting her um, on. <laughs> yeah, and and I like that she, I I just love the you know like she throws the dart and misses. No, she throws another dart, hits him. Yes, throws another dart and just just the worst possible thing that could <laughs> oh, yeah. happen. Oh, oh. whiffs it without whiffing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She uh, nails it. Just wrong guy. Yeah, yeah it's great. Got to give her some credit. She, it, it reminds me so much of like playing D anD D with your friends. Yes, and, like. Getting an idea, but then just like rolling a five. And like, <laughs> you slip well, on some ice. Yeah, no. Yeah, your leg exactly is broken. It. Well, there's something really, and this is what makes this film so wonderful because, like, this is actually really fun. And Michael and I were talking about this beforehand. And, like, part of the reason why I was so excited to talk about this minute in particular is that I worked as a stunt woman for 10 years. And so when it comes time for dealing with like women in fight scenes, half the time we're getting stabbed and rolling down a hill. Like that's just like stair fall. Oh, absolutely. Like, can you do a stair fall? Can you like scream while somebody stabs you through the back? What does it look like if they stab you through the front? Like hair pulls, hair pulls. Hair pulls. Oh my God. There's so many freaking hair pulls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what you learn in a lot of that is what is accurate depiction of violence and what is comedic depiction of violence. Mm. And what I love about this particular moment with Diane is an accurate depiction of violence that is also comedic because yeah. as much as we all like to sit around at the pub and like brag about what we would be in a zombie apocalypse, we're all fuckers. Like we all can't shoot a guy. Oh, I'm we Dylan all... Moran. I'm yeah, squirting. no, exactly. We're all going to put a couple of nails in a baseball bat and pretend we're great at it, but we're not. We're just not. And so like you get a lady who's like actually really genuinely being like, no, this is how I am at darts. I am okay at best, but I'm trying because it's the apocalypse and I have to like gotta, your adrenaline do doesn't change your muscle mass or your, or your ability to focus. Like you're just throwing things at a board and praying. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of going back to what I was thinking about at the beginning of the podcast when Scott mentioned the um, the load up feeling so earned at this point. And I think it's I, 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 I've been thinking a lot lately about scale in terms of like filmmaking and like writing, mm. you know, because yeah. like I, 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 I have a genuine love for big opening weekend Steven Spielberg escapism. But I also like small like, character things. And I'm like, oh, what's the common thread? And like. I think the reason that load up feels so earned is it's like it's it feels like oh that's so close to reality for me. Yeah. And it's like I can I can really imagine doing that. It's like why in Breaking Bad when when one thing explodes it feels like the most epic thing in the world because it it feels so close to our reality. Yeah. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, it's so claustrophobic, yeah. yeah. And like it's like, oh I can picture my friends doing this or like me and my friends doing this because it's not mm -hmm. Marvel yet where it's I can't even 
touch this. Yeah. Ever. Right. Yeah. But that, I mean, like, I love actually that you brought up Marvel, which is that, like, this is kind of the thing, like, as we've entered this big kind of era of dystopian futures mm. and whatever that might look like from a scale of it could happen tomorrow to it could happen a hundred years from now. There is aliens, a sense of lasers, exactly. A robot. Aliens, lasers. I mean, I even look at things like Hunger Games mm. or like any Black Mirror episode at all. <laughs> um, it's interesting because like the reason why I think we keep going back to zombie flicks is because it is tomorrow. It could happen tomorrow. Mm. We all think we're prepared. None of us are prepared. Mm. Like it's it's contagion and yeah. it's oh and it's weird and grimy. So we have to put a lens of humor on it because otherwise we'll just cry. I, I I actually think you know I can be as naysaying of, of dystopian fiction as anybody. I mean, I, I enjoy Tomorrowland, for God's sake, you know, but... Uh, Tomorrowland's uh, fun. You're not the only it is, it is. It's fun. But I, I think the value of dystopian fiction when it's done right is the kick I always get is watching characters roll with it. Yeah. And being mm-hmm. like, okay, we're, we're always going to try and make it work. And I, 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 I turn to fiction as well as real life to kind of reaffirm that oh for sure well and it's interesting when you're looking at like dystopian fiction because it's funny oh michael and i were actually having this conversation the other day i i have a game that i like to play um when i watch animated films called what are the rules Mm. and it i think it really applies to dystopian fiction as well and especially when you deal with like zombie apocalypse stories which are what are the rules? You know, like in animation, it's can the dog talk? Can some of the other animals talk? Like who can hear who's yeah, talking? Yeah, yeah. What who can hear who's talking? What what are you know like when you look at something like Family Guy? Like what are the rules of like breaking the fourth wall? All that kind of stuff. And so when you look at dystopian fiction, it comes down to, and this applies to writing in such a brilliant way, which is what are the rules? Is it just there's been a breakout? You have to shoot them in the head, cut off their head. End of list, destroy the brain, end of list, or, you know, are they slow? Are they fast? Are they, Mm. what are, what are the different rules that kind of come with this? And again, like this film and especially this minute just kind of like highlights, these are the rules, which is that everyone is bad at this from the zombies to the people. And that's rad. Like we very rarely see that because most of the time you like, you get like zombie land, which is just like teenagers who have learned over many years to be badasses, or, you know, even something like 28 days later where it's the zombies are different. Like Mm. the rules there are just that they are faster. And so like, we're looking at more of an Olympic sport as compared to a survival game kind of deal. And again, survival game always comes into there. And so I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. You know, it's weird. You, I think what, what if the reason that a, Zombies speak so personally to a specific kind of geek. I wonder if it's like the rules, you know, because there's a certain kind of brain that like, oh, I love breaking the breaking down the rules and learning the patterns and like zombie fiction has so much of that. Yeah, absolutely. Tropes of the genre. Well, it's like funny because like Max Landis actually did this video. And as much as I do not endorse Max Landis, I think that this is a very solid quote from his father, which sure. is that his father came down and said, okay, how do you kill a vampire? And he goes, uh, stick to the heart, garlic, sunlight. And John Landis goes, no, you kill a vampire however the fuck you want because vampires aren't real. Like you can, you can really rebuild all of those rules every time. And as long as you know where your rules live, and especially with something like 
zombies. You know, we, we've gone from, you know, Dawn of the Dead way back in the day, which is still being referenced. It's funny that we mentioned Black Mirror earlier because they just did it in their most recent season um, with, I believe the episode's called Metalhead, mm. where, mm. you know, they shoot it in black and white to kind of evoke this idea of like, what if it's drones and not zombies? You know, like you can take these kind of elements. And again, I think what makes Shaun of the Dead such an iconic piece is that it's when you distill all of these ideas down, this is the most accurate that we can find, but with a humorous lens, which is yeah. <laughs> kind of upsetting to think about, but here we are. It's too late. But yeah. To yeah. About. But it's, it's, it's weirdly inspiring, you know, like it, it's human nature to try and to be Diane and make the best of it. Like we, we are not going to lose our heads. Oh, absolutely. It's, 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 we can be Diane. We can be Sean literally pulling a dart out of our head <laughs> because I think that we forget that it's like, oh yeah, that wouldn't have affected the zombie's brain anyway, because we've got like an inch to get there. <laughs> like what the fuck was the point of this to begin with? It's too late. This is adrenaline talking. We're on to the next thing. Yeah. We're already oh, yeah. on to the next thing. Why would you not use the gun? <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's really, it's so genuine in its humor. I just, every time, it just tickles me just the right way. I love it. <laughs> I lo I, that's the thing too. Getting back to your note on scale, Nick, is I. It's not a bunch of faceless drones that you're going to smash the core and they all fall over. Like it's you got to deal with one at a time. Every single one of them is difficult. Oh yeah. Uh, in their own way, it's the the human scale of what they're facing is so much more again human than than anything in, in in a marvel example oh yeah well is, and even with it's, what it's we scales, see in yeah. this minute like each what i love about what edgar wright and sean uh or sean wow simon Pegg. sorry i should know this better fucking i'm terrible um but what simon Pegg and nick frost do incredibly well and that they were very insistent upon for this film which i love is that we want to see the faces of the zombies like as compared to what you see with The Walking Dead, which is you get like creepy little girl, creepy older man mm. kind of thing that kind of become like the iconic faces of it. When you think of the Shaun of the Dead zombies, you can't nail one down because they are all so unique because they are all people, mm. which is cool. See, it's the eyes and like a little bit of yeah. damage. It's not like a it's makeup. Cool. It's a person with a disease, which yeah. is rad. Oh, gosh, it's so cool. A lot, you know, there's an argument to be made that this is like, now that I think about it, Shaun of the Dead as like the funniest episode of Black Mirror. Oh, you bet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you bet. Absolutely. Everyone likes to reference like that Bryce Dallas Howard one, which I don't think is that funny. I think it's sad. It's terrifying. Uh, yeah. That's I wouldn't describe it as all. fun. I love it, but I don't know if I, I don't remember it being very like funny. It's maybe... You get like chuckles while you're there until you get to the end and then you feel bad. That's oh, the most horrifying of them all. I will strongly Ooh. disagree Ooh. with that being the most horrifying of them all. I, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are like um, actually scary ones, certainly. But we will know. do we will do a separate minute on that one. Black Mirror <laughs> minute where I fight Michael constantly. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you can judge the ending of a Black Mirror episode by like how long you gave up hope. Correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, how long it took you to get it back. Yeah. You yeah. know, like sometimes it's like a whole night. Well, and it's hilarious because that's how I would take so many zombie films as well, which mm. is that, you know, like it's interesting when you look at things like The Walking Dead, which is an ongoing zombie television show, even Nation Z on the sci fi channel, mm. all of these things, the idea, um, it's so funny. Uh, in retrospect, when you look at kind of like how we take zombie pieces and how we take contagion pieces, because actually Sci-Fi Channel, uh, they had 
um, Helix. Yeah, right? Helix yeah. and Z Nation on at the same time. And their contagion shows don't do as well because we love the idea of zombies as a creature. But the minute that we realize that there's no hope that we can't cure this, we lose interest because mm. it is really bleak to kind of think about that. Every zombie piece either needs to end in a cure or a safe house. Mm. And, you know, like, and in this one, it's the Winchester. And then even the safe house isn't safe. Like, what do we do? Like, yeah. <laughs> all we can do is wait for it all to blow over. But what if it doesn't blow over? Like, it's this kind of like ongoing squid squatting on your brain that we just choose to not think about because we've been distracted for so long. It's monstrous, but also great, but monstrous, but great. One of the things that I noticed that I was impressed by um, while watching this is like I was kind of looking back at this uh, whole Don't Stop Me Now sequence. And yes. it's it's really easy to look at this sequence and be really impressed by it, just, you know, visually in the way that it plays with the music and everything. Um, but the thing that really struck me this time, uh, you know, sort of looking back at this uh, at it now that we're at the end, um, is that what we we set up um, a few problems. One, we have a zombie out in the bar. We have uh, the the jukebox playing, um, which is attracting more zombies. Mm. So they need to shut the jukebox off. They need to get rid of this zombie that has uh, entered into the pub. And then the third problem being the weapon problem, which is we don't have anything to use as a weapon. Yeah, really elegant circles so many squares. Yeah. 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 And then, and then what's so interesting is that they found a way to combine all their problems. They solve all their problems in one thing. Like in one moment, uh, Sean uses a rifle to th to shove John into the jukebox and killing him. Like I, I just, th I, I'm really impressed by the, uh, I, I don't know, just like, the elegance. The way that they yeah. – Yeah, the elegance. Thank you. That's a perfect – that's a per, that's perfect. It's a very elegant screenwriting solution to, you know, uh, starting up a, a, a situation and being like, here's all the problems. How are they going to solve all these problems? Oh, no. It's crazy. And then you just solve them all together. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's perfect. Well, it's, it's great. It's brought up a lot in screenwriting, which is something that I actually love. Um, I think it was John Rogers, actually, who recently did, like, another podcast where he was kind of talking about, like, have – Every scene do two things. And if you can have your scene do more than two things, that's even better. You know, like that just really, you know, you can have a whole scene of like Aaron Sorkin level banter, which is always fun and really funny. But like, what if each of those lines was was both a joke and a, a call to a future thing or a past thing to really tie it all together? And Simon Pegg does such a great job with his script to really distill that down like it really you can tell it's almost like making a perfume where like you're just you're waiting for the oil to get like two drops out of a mountain of material and when you finally get them it's just it's brilliant like you said in this scene you know and they don't even have to talk that much it really is all done via action which is almost even better like if you can solve it mm -hmm. with with the action and not just the words like that's that's some Toit's script writing, T-O-I-G-H-T. Yeah. Not a real word. Don't care. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's like Ian Holmes and Alien. I admire it. Exactly. Perfection. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I admire its perfection. And that's just it is that like, even uh, as you go on to the other Cornetto films, like you continue to see that kind of distillment with certain scenes and just, mm -hmm. oh, it's so good. It's so good. It makes mm -hmm. you just 
warm and fuzzy to watch it. It's just really, really brilliant stuff. It's just very satisfying. Agreed. Yeah. Um, also satisfying uh, watching David almost get killed. Oh, you bet. Uh, that was that was nice. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sean almost murdered David with the, with the rifle. Accidentally. Oh, my um, goodness. I love the constant kind of like razor's edge throughout this film of like, everybody's kind of mad at someone else at all times. And like, it's the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. So what if like, <laughs> there's just a constant mm -hmm. kind of like, what kind of person am I? Am I like to make the walking dead comparison again? Am I the Negan who's just going to go to town or am I the guy who's going to fake it for just a little while longer that I don't want to completely murder the guy next to me? Uh, how mm -hmm. long can I fake it for? You know, like, can I just poke and prod a little bit? It's always great. It's always, and again, like this, this film just runs that razor's edge so nicely so that everyone's still a good guy by the end. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> And then finally, Sean pulling out that dart is one of the most uh, viscerally, uh, vicariously painful things um, I've ever seen. Oh, my yeah. God. And, you know, it, it's a testament. It's a testament to a, you know, Simon Pegg for, you know, selling it. Just good old fashioned. Oh, acting. yeah. Uh, but then the sound design and just uh, the little, oh, yeah. little squirt of blood. Just so oh, yeah. every every engine running. Oh, yeah. The fakiest blood, the grossest squish. Like, you don't even care. Yeah. You're just like, oh, yeah. Ugh, every time. Yeah. It's it almost like, like <sighs> it's so over the top, almost up to let us know that he's okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's one of those jokes. <laughs> I think the thing that makes it is the little, like, just that little squeak. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> of it getting pulled out of his skull. I think that's. That's the thing that does oh, it. Yeah. It's just like the ah, like. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, uh, so I guess moving on from zombies to uh, the the kooky uncle of the zombie uh, cannibals. Yes. Um, <laughs> why don't you? Why don't what? you? It's that thing I love. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you uh, tell everybody um, about having a friend for dinner? Oh my goodness! Well, again, if it wasn't clear enough from my love of cannibalism and weird squishy things. Um, Michael and I run a podcast called Having a Friend for Dinner about uh, the Hannibal Lecter, I guess, franchise is the way that we kind of like to talk about it. He's become such mm -hmm. a pop culture icon now um, in kind of the way that we look at monsters. When you think of zombies, when you think of Dracula, when you think of kind of like all of these big bads, Hannibal Lecter always finds his way in there despite being human. And so our podcast is kind of about the dissection of how he has been portrayed in pop culture, how he has influenced pop culture, how elements of his stories have influenced pop culture, you know, through the stories of uh, of Will Graham, of Clarice Starling, of Misha, you know, his sister. There are so many different elements that are just, you know, they're still ever present. And so we get to talk about that and all of their wonderful, wonderful incarnations, as well as a couple of wonderful recipes that I will not tell you what's in them. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of fun. You guys should check out having a friend for dinner. We love it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what's the, uh, what's, what's the structure, I guess, of the, of the show? Well, the structure of the show, I would say is that we, we kind of like front end and back end each of our series with one of the films, because obviously the films were there mm. first, but we kind of fill that beautiful, you know, if, if the appetizer and the dessert are these mm. wonderful films, we kind of fill in that lovely, lovely entree with the Brian Fuller Hannibal series, which obviously has the most 
material kind of involved in it. We throw in a lot with the books. Michael is actually a new Hannibal watcher. Yeah, I started with the TV show back in the day. So I've done it completely out of order, which is really fun. Indeed. As we've been watching, I've been watching, you know, Actually, all of the movies, you know, the whole way through for the first time beyond Manhunter, we've we've done. Oh Manhunter yeah, before like again, show. we started with Manhunter, mm. you know, which is the mm-hmm. the bastard nineteen eighty six child of the Hannibal Lecter kind of uh, Lector. Yes, Lector spelled wrong with Brian Cox. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, you know, like we we've really gotten a chance to kind of dig into again a different side of monsters. You know, like uh, what, what you guys are looking at with Cornetto, and what you'll be looking at with your next film when it comes time is to especially you know the monstrous nature of humans. You guys, mm. you got to deal with, with zombie culture for this one. You guys get to deal with folk horror for your next one. My God. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, no. And it's, oh That's yeah. Funny. I've never thought of the like below the, 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 the three movies sort of tier. So oh, it's yeah. like the first well, one's below mm-hmm. and the next is, it's, you know, it's above. absolutely it's fascinating with oh. the way that you get a chance to look at like the monstrous horror of just, again, of both, when you're looking at creature and when you're looking forward to humans. And that's what I love about our Hannibal Mm -hmm. podcast is that we really get to delve into not only both, but you know, I know that we've talked a lot about in in our first series, which is just about to conclude, which is wonderful. Mm. Um, We're about to go on to series two talking about the difference in kind of like when you look at a, at Dracula, Dracula has either been, you know, Bella Lugosi, big talisman, big Cape, weird eyes, sexing everyone. Uh, or it's, it's been more of kind of like a goth villain in many other ones, you know, like you've seen your incarnation, Lestat, Louis, you know, like we, we've seen so many different incarnations of vampires. Um, and that's kind of how Hannibal has now eventually been treated as well. He's either this European mystique who sneaks among the shadows, or he's a uh, he's Lucifer in mm. in so many ways with the Brian Fuller Hannibal series of him, kind of just passing through other people's lives and how that kind of interaction affects all of these other people because he at the end of the day remains a constant. Yeah. Like Ferris so, Bueller. Yeah, like Ferris Bueller, <laughs> if you will. Exactly. If you want wow. to see a, a Ferris, yeah, again, like a a different is, version of... Is that the first time Hannibal Lecter has ever been compared to Ferris Bueller? Uh, I don't know, but I, don't I know. like You're saying it. Theory. We're talking about it. Let's just say I yes. would pay folding money <laughs> to hear Matt Mickelson just like read lines from Ferris Bueller. Oh, you and me both. That would be great. <laughs> the the key to faking out the parents is the clammy hands. <laughs> yes. With Anthony Hopkins as what's the sister's name? Genie. Oh yeah, okay. God. With Anthony Hopkins as Genie deal. Yeah. All right. Okay. Gaspar Dulilas Cameron. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's great. But like that's kind of the thing is that there's so many different ways of looking at that character now in different facets with different lenses. Is he's like a prism. The same way that you can look at you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, mm. Creature from the Black Lagoon, the way that you can look at zombies, you know, yeah. like... It's like a modern classic monster. A modern classic monster. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And so, yeah, it's really nifty. And again, I, I can't wait. I, I love what you guys have been doing with zombies with this one. I can't wait to see what you guys do with Hot Fuzz next. Because, oh, again, like, you want to talk folk, ho- or folk, folk horror, humanism, Wicker Man, Holy crap. Like, yeah, yeah y'all are going to oh, have yeah. Yeah blast going from like creature, creature <laughs> to other creature. People. So like have mm-hmm. fun from the Hannibal kids. Have fun. <laughs> Most dangerous monster. Um, all right. Well, and we want to we wanna keep having fun with you guys. Can you guys come back tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Deal. Absolutely. Sure. This is okay. All right. right. Well, uh, in the meantime, <laughs> you can head to over to moviesbyminutes.com. Guys, in the last time that I recorded a, 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 a promo, there have been... Even more podcasters now. The 007 
minute Ooh. podcast wow. every James Bond film. That's quite an undertaking. They yeah. are gonna dang. Wow. That's the rest of their lives. That's like that's <laughs> that's like hearing that's like when you hear an astronaut like isn't coming back and you're like, oh Godspeed, you know, like you're oh, you yeah, they're staying on Yeah, Mars. no, you're Damn. sad, but you're not gonna look away. Like mm-hmm. uh-huh. and uh and then five minutes of Bonsai, of course, the uh, adventure oh, of Bonsai. Yeah. I love that movie. I know yeah. it's so good. And that's all available at moviesbyminutes.com. But in the meantime, let's have a nice cold pint and wait for all of this to blow over. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. Don't stop me now. If you want to have a good time.